All right. So, uh, hi, um, and welcome to Minnesota Home Ownership's uh, Welcome Home Podcast. My name is Bill Gray. This is our third episode. Um, pretty exciting. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at the recently released <coughs> 2021 State of Hispanic Home Ownership Report pr produced by the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, or NAREP, as they're called. Joining me are two active members of NAREP's Twin Cities chapter, and I'm super happy to have them here. Good friends of ours at the Home Ownership Center, Ed Luna and Gijay Garza. Welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for inviting us. You bet. Um, Ed, uh, let's start with you. You're chapter president this year. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're involved with homeownership uh, professionally. All right. So um, I've been in the housing industry on the lending side. I work for executive mortgage brokers. Uh, and I'm an independent mortgage broker. And I've been on this side now for the last 15 years. Um, Started with Minnesota Housing, then went into, like I said, private uh, banking. Been doing that the last 15 years. Um, first time, uh, actually, I'm a, a first-generation immigrant. So, again, I, 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 the the home ownership side is true and dear to my heart. I sure. mean, that's kind of where it all started for us as a family. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, we're also very fortunate to have Gijay Garza with us today. Gijay is a professional realtor and uh, was instrumental along with you, Ed, in the formation of NAREP's Twin Cities chapter. Um, Gijay, tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe we can talk about how NAREP's Twin Cities chapter came to be as well. Yes, yeah, thank you. Well, my name is Gijay Garza. I've been a real estate agent for nine years. I used to work in technology before, uh, before I became a real estate agent. And um, <clears throat> I'm with Keller Williams right now. And um, I met Ed a couple years ago when uh, he still was working in uh, Minnesota Housing. Yeah. And he came to my office and, and I say, this guy must be speak Spanish <laughs> or something. Uh, so we, we talk, we communicate. Three years later, um, he talked about NAREP. Yeah, so I uh, I happen to be with Minnesota. When I was at Minnesota Housing, I, uh, <clears throat> one of my perks um, for doing such great work <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. was to be sent out to one of these national conferences. And I uh, went out to L.A. and I think it was like 2015, 2016, um, was blown away by how many, I mean, there was thousands of successful Latinos at this event. And I was like, wait a minute. <clears throat> why don't we have this in Minnesota? Sure. Why are we not all a part of this? And uh, lo and behold, I came back with these crazy ideas. <laughs> Two years later, I was I was approached, hey, Ed, would you consider starting a chapter? And I was like, you know what? I would. I want to. And first person I talked to was Guy. I was like, Guy, yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. And well, lo and behold, yeah. fast forward five years later, here we are into our fourth year as a, as a chapter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's super fun to work with you guys, and we learn a lot from you every day. Um, thank you for that. Um, so we want to get into today's topic. So NAREP, the national uh, NAREP, um, has uh, released the 20, 2021 State of Hispanic Home Ownership Report. Um, it's a hefty report. It comes in about 40 pages. And it's a look from a national level, not just the Minnesota and not just the Twin Cities. Um, so uh, still a wealth of information on the Latino experience in the home ownership arena. And it's instructive to our work at the Home Ownership Center 
um, as we continually strive to meet the specific needs and desires of this growing population. So some of the top line takeaways for me here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read off my little list here. Latinos now make up 18.7% of the U.S. population, and Minnesota the number's just six percent. But that still represents 345,000 people, and it's up from just 54,000 in 1990, which is really hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, 1990 to me isn't that long ago. <laughs> uh, so some fast growth there. Um, another thing that jumped out at me, the homeownership rate for Latinos in the U.S. hit 48.4% in 2021. That is the highest since 2009. Uh, and of course, 2009, that was before the ramifications of the housing market crash knocked it down. Um, and then in Minnesota, we know that the ownership rate for Minnesota was 49.5%. That was in 2019. So we're a little bit higher here. Uh, and of course, uh, that still compares to 76.9% for non white non-Hispanic households. So there's still a 27% gap. And that is um, what we all work toward trying to reduce is, is some of that gap between different, different groups of, of the population. The report also found that nationwide, two of every five Latino adults aged 45 and younger who don't currently have a mortgage are mortgage ready. Uh, so let's talk about this. What do you two see these numbers um, telling us? Well, I, I, I can say that it, it's telling us that Latinos are, are definitely having a significant impact in the market, um, that we are no longer, you know, the outlying demographic that's buying homes. Now, we're, we're definitely in the majority. Um, we're, 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 we're trying uh, to create that, that well, that, that, that stability wealth. for us yeah. and, and essentially long-term wealth for what's going to be generational wealth for our people. So mm -hmm. you know, it, it all starts with home ownership. And also um, it is a good to mention for people that they don't know about NAREV, mm -hmm. one of the missions for NAREV is sustainable home ownership. Mm -hmm. So all these numbers come up in this report. It is so important in national in all the chapters because it's part of our culture. Right. It's part of uh, how we are growing, where we're going, and what we need to do with the Latino community. Mm -hmm. So what the mission for NAREP is sustainable homeownership and how we can help to move that gap, to help to close the gap with all these statistics, then sometimes it's like, wow, it's a lot of people. But in the same way, it's a lot of work to do. In this report, if somebody had the time to read it, has a lot of information about demographic, history, culture, yeah. and how we are moving in this in this market. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how prepared are Minnesota Latinos when they start their home ownership journey in your experience? <clears throat> you know, I can I can attest to to, the, to to how prepared they are. I mean, I, I can say this: mm -hmm. pre-COVID, mm -hmm. um, in working with the Latino community, it was always it, 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 you know it's it's tough, but you'd have the the folks that would come in with a little bag or a little box full of papers, oh, and uh -huh. they'd ask you to sort through it and figure out what you need and what you don't need. Uh -huh. <clears throat> I can say that COVID, if, if COVID did anything for us, it changed behaviors to the point now where uh, I can easily ask a customer, do you have uh, WhatsApp? And they'll be like, yeah. Uh -huh. Do you have Facebook? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, then you can send me everything digitally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <clears throat> we, now, uh, we now have made it easier. I, I, I mean, I'm blown away by how quick 
some of my borrowers now will come in uh, we'll talk about a loan i'll send them a text message and be like look i need this 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 and this and within you know an hour i can generally have most of those docs uh, -huh. uh digitally sent over so they're definitely more aware of what's aware of what's needed uh more prepared techno technologically to, to send it over uh, -huh. uh and like i said overall i mean i, I can tell you that as latinos there there's we're making an effort to be pre-approved, be ready to go so that we can buy the minute we get a chance. Right, right. Competitive market. It's a very competitive market, so you better have all your ducks right, in a row. Right, Well, I also, um, the report also tells us that the largest buyer segment among 18 to 24-year-olds is is the Latino population. And um, so, so why is that sometimes the case? <clears throat> well, again, I can attest to that because... You're talking to a first-generation immigrant. So when we first bought our house, my mom and dad, um, you know, they, they didn't have the legal status to, uh -huh. to truly buy here. Okay. Um, so it, it, you, you understand that from the first-hand experience. And so now as we move forward and, and talk about the general population, there are a lot of Latinos, that, especially households, that are multi-generational. They'll, they'll have, you know, two, three different families living within one household. Uh -huh. They're all adults. Um, but let's call it four or five of the adults don't have papers. So you know what? We start talking about, well, our son's had a job for two years. He's been, you know, in, in high school, moved into college. He's got the job. The minute you see that your kids are, are getting all their ducks in a row, uh -huh. you, you, then make the effort to try to buy under their name because in the grand scheme of things and we've all said it a thousand times what we buy what we have is ultimately left to our kids anyways uh -huh. so if we can buy the house stop paying rent and yep. start creating that generational wealth for our for our families well that's the way it's been done is starting with the kids right right yeah. okay uh gj what do you what do you see here yeah it is kind of what it say, you know, before pandemia, there was uh, um, a lot of work to do. Basically, our Latino clients, they want to meet with us in the office. They want to talk to us. Mm -hmm. It is one meeting can be 30 minutes. It is two hours mm -hmm. because they talk about how they come up here in this country, how hard it is to, to save money. Mm -hmm. And especially for those who can apply for the regular loans. So mm -hmm. we have the other products like an IT and it is totally different. So we yes. have to prepare people. We have to tell them. We have to explain. And what happens with the after the, the COVID, it is like people is more aware to take the phone mm -hmm. and listen to you. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome because before they want to see you. Mm -hmm. And now they are willing <clears throat> to talk to you by phone and you can explain them what is the process, what they need to do, how they get prepared. I mean, before that, they were so desperate. They want the results like by yesterday. Yeah. And it's Don't not like all. that. <laughs> yes, all of us. But it is not like that because right. um, when Ed and I, we have clients like that, we sometimes, after we hang up with them, we, we, he and I, we call it, say, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, do you see this? Do you see that? Sure. It, is, it is a huge process. Yeah. I mean, it is beautiful yeah. working with the Latino community. Uh, my 85% of my clients are Latinos, and I think I would not change that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And, um, and what Ed was saying, I mean, the switch, the second generation is coming. Uh -huh. And it's so beautiful. We can text 
so quick with my kids. <laughs> yeah. They can send us uh, documents, and then the mom can call us to tell us what house she likes. Right, right. I mean, it's a whole family. And it's so um, important for people who like to work with the Latino communities yeah. to understand the culture. Yeah. It's not that they can't. They, right. They can. Everybody can work with whoever. Right. But the thing is, it's so important to understand our culture. Like, for example, in the pandemic, I have to make two or three appointments yep. to the same house uh -huh. because mom, uncle, whoever oh, is helping. Right. And the restrictions were it. so yeah. bad. Two people, yeah. three, alias. And that was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, have to, I have to go fast in appointments. Right, right. I have to be on track. And then I have to tell them, be on time. We right. only have 10 minutes. Because then some other minutes. people are coming. Yep. And uh, so, yes, all that information, it is so important because... Then you go with the kid who is fast. He already know what they want. Yeah. But you go with mom and dad, and maybe the uncle or the auntie who is supporting them. So there you go. Yeah. Two or three. Very very cool. Showings. Good yeah. good information. Um. So um. A couple things other that I saw the report dig into uh, is affordability, and we know that that's a challenge right now with limited inventory and all that. So the report says in 2021. The median Latino household income, so that's <laughs> half or above, half or below this number, was $55,000. And that was an 8.5% increase from 2019. So that's actually pretty remarkable. Um, 2019, only a couple of years ago. Um, but the report also found that the median income needed to afford a median priced home nationally, again, this is nationally, mm -hmm. was 68000 So there's a gap there. Um, Gijay, how does this play out in your experience as a realtor? Well, it is a challenge because we don't have a lot of market right now. We don't have inventory. And being so competitive with the offers, that make put us in, a, in the last place. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we always talking to the lenders, how we can do better, how we can present our offers in the best interest of the clients without risking them too much. And, you know, like right now, the market is uh, pushing us to avoid inspections, with yeah. uh, appraisal gaps, right. um, higher earnest money, and all that stuff, it is... Um, it is hard mm -hmm. to make them understand. So that's why part of those uh, points for me is the education that we have. I mm, mean, right. how important <clears throat> it is to have the first time home education. Work with an advisor. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I cannot say it enough. How, how, how much we need this? How much we need um, people to know that they need to be educated before that yes. they can purchase a home? And, and not just to go to the uh, first-time home buyers, but when we're trying to do some strategics, trying to win that offer, then you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. I mean, it's not like, oh, we have to do this. Sign here. No. Right. It's not that way. Yes. People need to understand what we are doing, how we are doing, and why we are doing it. Right. I mean... Probably I can ask you, let's do an appraisal cap. Uh, it's going to affect you. It's going to not. Uh, it is, are you available to do right, it? Right, right. So all those things for me, um, based in the 
in the gross income, mm -hmm. it is it is hard to play with. Yeah, yeah. That's why being a national advocating for for different policies, it is it is amazing. Right. Because we need a change. We have to make more affordable housing. Right. For right. People. So so I want to reiterate that what what we said there. Um, the services of a homeownership advisor, which is what we do, the homeownership center, those services are free. Um, the advisor will dig into your own situation, your credit score, your budget, your uh, you know everything else, um, and they will they will help you to navigate this process. There's also the home buyer education, which is amazing. It'll teach you everything about the process <laughs> from A to Z. Um, and in a competitive environment like this, the more educated you are on what's going on, the better off you are. Your realtor and your lender can know everything about everything. But if, but if you're not following along, it, it makes it harder. And in a competitive mm -hmm. market, that could be the difference. <clears throat> so um, all of that is available on our website at hocmn.com. Dot org, and I think it's slash buying a home, but it'll be very obvious when you go to that that homepage. Um, so uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Um, I also, uh, Gijay, you mentioned um, the uh, how NAREP Twin Cities is advocating for some changes at the state level as far as the housing shortage goes. Do you guys want to talk about that? Are you the Director on NAREP for Government Affairs? Yes, I am. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about something? No, 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 no please. Okay. Go, go ahead. Let's talk about what, what, yeah, what we're doing with the with government. Yes, I think that is one of, uh, that part has been so important in NAREP in mm -hmm. every state. Um, NAREP has around 100 chapters around the country and uh, 40,000 members. Mm -hmm. So all these people around different states uh, we belong to NAC, the National Advocacy Committee. So that uh, committee focuses on three things, housing inventory, access to credit, and immigration. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we are more involved in housing inventory and access to credit. Mm -hmm. What we are doing here in, in Minnesota, so as a governmental affairs directors, we have uh, a committee which is, uh, can be any lenders, people who from MAR, SPAR, MR. So we are in communication with all those organizations who have uh, governmental affairs committees too. Mm -hmm. So it is so nice to see how everybody we're trying to unify yeah. efforts to do one thing. Right. Um, National is so organized. I love this organization. So the mission and how they helping us to grow, uh -huh. it is impressive. Right now, this week is the, how they call it? Housing, something happens. I'm sorry. Housing week okay. maybe at the, at the Capitol or everybody goes something in. Like and, that. Yeah, yeah, the visiting <laughs> I'm thing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just so new to me. But <laughs> that one, they, they, um, they did. Uh, appointments mm -hmm. with the senators, right, right. with congressmen yep. in our area to see who is advocating for housing yeah. and how we can meet with them. Right now, it's still Zoom, but yep. that's okay. Yep. 25 minutes, they give it to us. Um, it is so strict. They send us the agenda, who is going to participate, and we just go there, tell your story, tell <coughs> how we can support the initiative that they have. 
And, um, and one thing so important here, uh, Bill, is like we don't have to be political. Right. We don't have to know a lot about uh, people. Right. And my, and personally, I'm not a political person. Yep. I listen. I know what I'm going to vote for, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a political person. And that's the beauty of this right. uh, governmental affairs. You just need to know about it. Right. And see who you're going to support right. because it's, it is what is going to affect your community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are doing right now in NAREP, meeting with uh, senators, congressmen, mm-hmm. and we're trying to, to meet with those people to let us know that we are here to help in anything that they need. They have yeah. to let us know. Yeah, because this is a, this is a problem, and I mean, we've been talking about it in Minnesota for years now too. There is a, a there is a shortage of affordable housing that goes all the way from you know multi unit to single family, and um, the market uh, is not necessarily um, inclined to fix that. Uh, you know, by definition. So, um, so what can be done and, and that kind of thing. And it's great. Um, you mentioned all the other groups they're working together with a unified mm-hmm. agenda. Um, and, uh, we're seeing a lot go on there. We should maybe do an episode about that at some point. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Cause we Mar- get involved in this as well. In yeah. MR, uh, they are, um, all of them are talking about the same thing. Yeah. I think it's uh, is uh, for us is uh, the the lack of inventory is for everybody. Right. Well, and, and when you consider that housing, the median housing price this week I just heard three seventy five. <laughs> Isn't that insane? I, I literally like like in yep. my mind I'm like just two years ago it was right. two fifty five. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Where, how did how did it jump? And you know, right. and it's funny. You you mentioned income too. How Latino income grew by eight yep. percent from nineteen to twenty one. Right. Um, and, and, and while it's significant, I also want to pinpoint that inflation has gone up that yep. much. So mm-hmm. in, in, in reality, have we gone up in income or are we still just, you know, working our way through that and, right. and figuring it out? Because again, ultimately that's, that's how we qualify. Right. So right. Yeah, that, that's another issue there. But now, this, this all makes sense. One of the things that uh, it makes me think of is, you know, the prices keep going up and up and up and, you know, is there going to be another downturn? And the conventional wisdom on this is no, because um, we're not in a situation like we were in last time with shaky, shaky financial deals and, and, and this kind of thing. And the demand in the last time, you know, in the in the housing crash, the demand collapsed. That is absolutely not the case this time. So, you know, we get asked that sometimes. That's kind of our answer and the answer of the experts. If you look out there, nobody's expecting that. Um, is now a time to buy? Is price too high? Is the interest rates too high? Blah, blah, blah. There's, you know, we've talked about this before. There's no real answer to that. It all depends on, on your situation, what you can afford. And, and uh, you know, a lower interest makes you afford a higher price. A high, you know, a higher interest makes you afford a lower <laughs> price. Um, but again, and I'll keep saying this, the homeownership advisors can help you navigate this whole thing. Um, one other thing that jumped out at me in this report was uh, the, they, they said that, um, uh, where did this go? They said that uh, the study found that Latinos were more likely to sacrifice on location in exchange for a bigger house than any other demographic. Um, does that seem like the case here in Minnesota? 
I would yeah. say so, yeah. I, I, as a matter of fact, I'll say that there's communities that are entirely being con converted into in, into Latino areas, you know, Big Lake. Uh -huh. um, you know, they're moving a little further out. They're, they they want the bigger house. They want right. the bigger yard. Uh, because it's multi-generational families living together, generally they're going to have more cars than everybody else. Yeah. Um, so yeah. at that point, you know, you've got – and, and again – Consider the fact that a lot of Latinos are self-employed. Right. Again, due to legal status, due to limitations, right. well, I can sit and wait and work minimum wage, or I can go out and create my own, you know, my own source of income. Right. So a lot of these Latinos do so. In doing so, they again not only have commercial vehicles, they now have the personal vehicles. Yeah. So, um, and and when you think about where we come from uh, as a culture again most latinos come from a, a moderately warm culture in one fashion or another so we like the gardening we like having you <laughs> why know, are they here in minnesota you know what i'm saying <laughs> right so but and, and and it's funny you say that but i remember coming here in 92 right and I, saying to myself why am i here <laughs> like what's you know and and, yeah. and again you don't want to you don't want to reflect on it and think about it too much but the reality is there's 356,000 Latinos, I think you said, yep. that, that are that are homeownerships right now. Mm -hmm. uh, in the grand scheme of things, if you compare it to the cities like New York, Chicago, mm -hmm. where there's millions of them, mm -hmm. well, this is why we're here. Because yeah. it's less of a competitive edge against, yeah. you know, with Latinos. Um, the ones that do speak fluently, the ones that understand the markets, right. the ones that can move around, well, they, they've got greater access to more opportunities. So right. again, needless to say, I came here in 92, yep. and I've been here ever since. And you're staying for a reason. Well, I'm, I'm here as long as I, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. done with kids. Well, right, right, right. And I will say this is uh, 2022 in April, so it's like 28 degrees outside for some reason. But uh, you know, we'll get through it. It'll be June eventually. Um, so, uh, well, that's great. So, it is still possible for households on the lower end of the income spectrum to achieve home ownership. We want to make sure that we get that message across. Um, and that's where folks like EJ, as a realtor, um, with the help of our advisors, can make things happen. So, let's shift gears here and talk a little bit about equity. Um, the NAREP report found that nationwide Latinos were 81% more likely to be denied for a conventional mortgage than were their non-Latino uh, um, counterparts. Uh, I read this as also more likely to utilize an FHA mortgage. And we can talk a little bit about what that means. Uh, they can be easier to qualify for, but they come often with a higher interest rate and they're sometimes potentially less competitive in the situation where you see multiple offers and that kind of thing. Let's dig into this a little bit. Ed, is, is conventional better? It, it, essentially, you want to think that it is um, um, in that the mortgage insurance has a much shorter term. So when when you're doing the first-time homebuyer products, conventional products, um, home-ready Home possible. Those require three percent in uh, down payment for for entry level purchases. Um, they come with minimal uh, mortgage insurance compared to, let's say, FHA. An FHA loan, same type of same type of purchase is going to require one point seven five origination mm -hmm. uh, to get that mortgage insurance going, and then a 0.85 multiplier on the balance of the loan, the rest of the uh, the existence of the loan. So you, again, essentially, you've got mortgage insurance for 30 years. On a conventional product, you'll have mortgage insurance. It's generally based on credit. So it's a little, it's, it's, it's rated a little differently, a little cheaper. Uh, and it goes away in 
in 10 years. For that mortgage insurance, can you get rid of that at some point or do you have to totally refinance? No, it, with FHA, you can't. Oh. You have to refinance 100%. That's FHA a huge deal. is 30 years of mortgage insurance, uh -huh. 30 years of mortgage mm -hmm. insurance with the conventional product. Again, once you believe your house is at 78%, 80% of the value, right. you can generally That's call and be like, I'm hey, I'm going to have of. an appraisal right. done and, and it Get goes away. Yeah. Uh, but again, you can only do that now with conventional since all, since all the rules changed. Yeah. With conventional, again, you generally require slightly higher credit. So on average, six four credit score to get into a conventional loan. The only difference there between that and the FHA products is, again, FHA is government-backed, so it's going to have a slightly lower interest rate when you get into the conventional side. Again, higher interest rate, but reduced mortgage insurance. Um, <clears throat> in the oh, grand so I had it backwards, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, and people talk about, is it still a good time to buy? Is it still a great time to, to get into it? And I'll say, look, if the inventory rules are changing now because there's less people buying because interest rates are going up and you can still get into a home and afford a home, by all means, do so. Twice mm -hmm. on Tuesday because, mm -hmm. again, at any given moment, the minute you purchase the home, you're starting to build equity. Right. Uh, as opposed to if you keep paying rent, oh, that's just this money yep. out the window. Yep. Um, so, it, so again, now the beauty as well, but it, rates are a little higher right now. Yeah, okay, well, in a year or two, three years, when they come back down again, because everything in, in, in the mortgage industry, everything in the financial sector is, is in cycles. So mm -hmm. at one point or another, what comes up has to come back down. Right. Um, rates will eventually come back down. The fact that you got in uh, or building equity changes your position so that, call it, if it's three years, five years, or six years down the road, when rates drop again, well, now you've got built-in equity. You've mm -hmm. got a, 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 the possibility of refinancing your loan and getting into something completely different, upgrading, mm -hmm. converting that property into an income-generating property. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all about perspectives at that point and changing it up, See, mm -hmm. seeing it from a different light so that, again... And, and, and sad but true, but this is also how most Hispanics build generational wealth. Again, mm -hmm. it's getting your foot in the door, buying a home so that you can start creating that equity. Right. So that eventually, that's what you pass on. So again, it, it, right. it's it's good all the way all the way around, all the way around. Right. Yeah. And, and and I want to I want to make the point um, that uh, you know part of the homeownership advising is working on credit scores, and we you know you guys know. Our friend Trent, um, he's a, he's a banker as well, and and he is a big advocate for you know improving that credit score, even if you could qualify with what you got now, mm -hmm. because it gives you more choices. It gives you maybe the ability to do conventional instead of FHA, um, and uh, and and our advisors can walk you through how to do that. So um, another another plug for that, I suppose. Um, Ed, let's talk about some of these non-QM products. Um, uh, and, and I will say, as far as the ITIN loan goes, you mentioned this. ITIN is Individual Taxpayer Identification Number. Um, uh, th this is a, a growing... Um, there's growing demand for this product in Minnesota, and the Homeownership Center is about to release a report on what it is, where it's available, how it works, all that kind of stuff, probably yeah. next month. Oh, um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, But anyways, talk about that a little bit, Ed, will you? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So, so you know, let's, let's – ITIM products are, again, independent uh, individual tax ID number, um, and basically what this, that is is another – 
number instead of a social security number they give you that mm -hmm. and then you can build credit and, and use that to purchase a home so you, they use that because you're paying taxes even correct, though you sir. don't have a social security even number. though you don't have a social security mm -hmm. number you're still paying taxes every year you're filing taxes mm -hmm. under that number mm -hmm. um and creating credit with that number yep. uh ultimately allowing you to use that number to purchase a home there are banks right now that are doing non-qm loans these <clears throat> um a variety of products that again are designed to let folks who otherwise couldn't mm -hmm. come in and uh, purchase uh, they vary anywhere from you know 10 to 25 percent down payments um talking about credit again the higher the credit score the better the terms so again even if 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 you're just you know slightly below 700 well it behooves you to improve that credit right. score because now you're going to get a lower interest rate. Right. you're going to get better terms you're going to get a less of a down payment that's required right so again it, it, it's all designed to be to work that way so again iten loans um they're now the bank statement loans that are coming back out mm -hmm. uh 12 month 20 24 month dscr loans that are again designed for investors um to, to, to again be able to qualify for a home and get in on stuff mm -hmm. so so the takeaway there's there's people out there that can help um even if your situation is so different than you that you think maybe you can't pull it off reach out to us um we can help you figure it out so this is a lot of information certainly helpful to me and my colleagues at the center as we continue to work toward home ownership equity um if you're interested in exploring home ownership for your own household you can enlist the help of an advisor for free by going to hocmn.org uh, and uh, we'll help you get mortgage ready. We'll educate on you on the buying process from A to Z, and uh, we'll connect you with um, good people like like Ed and Gijay. Uh, and I think that's it for this episode. So I want to thank you guys, Ed and Gijay. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next time when we'll be talking about Home Ownership Month, which is coming up in June. We'll get that episode up in May so you get a head start. Um, our network of advisors always has fun in June with community events, free education classes. You won't want to miss this heads up on all the opportunities out there. Um, as we close, I want to acknowledge our sponsors for this initiative, for this podcast initiative, Associated Bank, Midwest One Bank, Old National Bank. Our sincere thanks to each of these organizations for their support. Um, and that's it. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you. This is great. I said week again. I always say week. So